Professor Teresa Scassa, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, Professor, first of all, what did you think when you first heard that police agencies were using this technology? Well, I have to say I wasn't surprised, um, but certainly concerned. And I think this is um, a concern I've had for some time with a lot of new technologies and issues of transparency and oversight in their adoption by police in Canada. What are the laws in Canada regarding use of this technology? Well, I mean, that's fairly complicated. Right now, there are a couple of uh, investigations going on in Canada around privacy issues. And so there's one investigation into the private sector company itself to see whether it breached our private sector data protection laws. And then the privacy, the Federal Privacy Commissioner has also launched an investigation into the RCMP's use of that technology. So there's, there's, there's certainly laws relating to privacy. Um, but I think there are issues as well around transparency, oversight, accountability, and the adoption of these kinds of technologies by police. And that's where it gets a little bit murkier in terms of legal obligations. Uh, just to, to clarify, what is your understanding of what this technology does? What can police find out by looking at an image, either something from a CCTV camera or, or anything like that? Well, my understanding of the technology is that a client provides Clearview AI with an image of somebody, uh, so it could be some an image that they, as you say, that they obtain from a surveillance camera, it could be a photograph of a victim of a crime. They provide the company with an image, and that company then runs the image through their massive database of images that they've collected and using their facial recognition algorithms to find matches. And when it finds matches, because these images in its database have been culled from publicly accessible websites, uh, they're linked back to those sites. So, for example, if the image that it matches comes from a Facebook page, uh, there'll be a link back to the Facebook profile. If it comes from a newspaper, there's a link back to the newspaper story. In any event, it will you know, trace it back to identifying information about that individual. So it facilitates identification in that way. What kind of concerns do you have about this, though? Because people have said, well, if they're only using, the, if the police are only using this to capture bad guys, then I'm okay kind of thing. I'm... Yeah, and, and I, th- I think that's, uh, that's a huge mistake to make. And that's where the transparency and oversight issues come in. So I think there are really big privacy issues that are important here. And, and in terms of the transparency and oversight, in the first place, There should be, these are controversial technologies. uh, Facial recognition technologies have been associated with false positives, which can be very uh, disruptive and harmful to individuals. Uh, They've been associated with bias and discrimination. And so these are concerns about the technologies themselves. So if a police service is going to be adopting a technology, some kind of transparency, oversight, and accountability is important in terms of being able to be sure that they've made a good choice, that there actually has been some testing to ensure that this is an accurate, reliable technology that is not going to produce false positives. Beyond that, there needs to be a public discussion about whether we want our police services to be using those technologies, and maybe the answer is yes, but there should still be that public discussion. And, um, And so when you know, when city councils don't even realize that police forces are using the technology, when police forces initially deny, but then later sheepishly admit that, well, yeah, they've kind of been playing around with it. That's a problem in terms of this public discussion, I think, that we need to have about these types of tools. Then beyond that, within the police service itself that adopts this kind of technology, you need to have decisions about, for example, what kinds of crimes it's going to be used to investigate. Is it only a tier of very serious crimes? Uh, is it anything? Um, so how is the technology going to be used? By whom is it to be used? 
what kind of authorization is required for its use and what kind of audit trail is going to be there to be sure it's not misused. Um, because, for example, uh, you, uh, access to a powerful database of this kind could be used for stalking, it can be used for harassment, it can be used to identify peaceful protesters in a, at a demonstration. There's all kinds of potential for misuse. So you want policies and procedures in place to ensure that the rules for the use of the technology are clear, that they are auditable, and that there's some kind of oversight. So it seems to me that we're lacking all of that in Canada as these police services experiment with this technology without anyone really having been aware ahead of time that this was taking place. Now, my understanding is that this technology is not available to people like you and me, for example, the general public. But other people have said, well, yeah, okay, the police are using this and apparently only for, you know, to tra track down criminals, I would imagine. But they also say this could be the beginning of a slippery slope. What do you, what do you say to that? I mean, is, is that likely, do you think? Well, I, I think the slope is already pretty slippery. I saw at least one report that, um, uh, I mean, Clearview says on its site that they only deal with law enforcement. But I've seen at least one newspaper report that talks about it, the use of this technology by campus police. So that's private, that's private law enforcement. That's not public sector, right? So then is it also available to all security guards, transit police? Well, we, you know, they're, they're, it's not really clear how broadly that's available. So that's part of the slippery slope. But, of course, these are, these are private sector companies, and if there's a market for it, they will, may well try to exploit. I'm not, not necessarily clear view. There will be other companies as well. They may well try to exploit that market. So, yeah, facial recognition technologies are, uh, I think, hitting us hard right now. There's a, there's a lot of interest in this technology. There will be a lot of different applications. And so I think this is uh, certainly a wave of the future, uh, which makes governance uh, now really important. And that, I think, brings in some of the privacy issues around how Clearview has created its database that it uses for facial recognition. I'm told that they even were able to, uh, Clearview was even able to scrape pictures from the Internet that have been deleted. Yes. Yeah, well, and, you know, scraping pictures from the Internet, of course, they, they say, well, that's public space, and so it's all good. And that may be the law in the United States, but it's not the law in Canada. In Canada, scraping images, and I think this is, this is one of the Privacy Commissioner investigations that's ongoing right now, and I suspect that it will conclude that scraping images uh, from the Internet um, is not okay um, for use in this kind of technology uh, and so it actually does, you know, infringe Canadian privacy laws. Um, so that's a first piece there, which is you're not supposed to, for, for under private sector laws, a company is not supposed to collect personal information from, without consent from individuals. And this is a massive collection of information without consent, whether the images are deleted or not. Now, there are also obligations around ensuring that the the personal information collected is as accurate, complete, and up-to-date as possible, and so on. Um, there, are, there are sort of a range of other obligations in the, in the laws that, with which this may not be compliant, but I think in, right in the very first place, this idea that you can go out and massively scrape data about individuals from the Internet, throw it in a database, and use it commercially uh, in Canada is wrong. Just as as a thought, I mean, a lot of people have uh, invoked the idea of of an Orwellian future. Do you see any aspects of that in this technology and and state pol state use police use of this? Yeah, I think I think we should be really concerned about these technologies, and it may well be that there are important or useful applications. But as I said, there are you know. 
transparency and oversight becomes so crucially important in that context. So that if there is a technology like this that has some potentially useful applications that could reduce harm um, in significant ways and could make society better, then great, let's see how we can adopt and use those technologies with all of the proper safeguards to ensure that they're not also used in ways that are um, exploitative, uh, inappropriate, relying on bias, uh, false positives. So, you know, I think that that and, and that public discussion as well about what, you know, what are the limits of what's acceptable is, is a discussion that has to take place. And so th- these are things that we can't just let go of. And in part, that's what contributes to this Orwellian future, this idea that people just give up and have no say and stuff gets imposed and you just don't know. And, you know, that that's that's a real problem. I mean, we have to be engaged in these debates and issues and we have to be very thoughtful about them and we have to be sure that we don't make choices that are uh, fundamentally bad choices or have choices other people's choices imposed on us without any say so i think there's a little bit of a a, a, technology tends to um, seduce and entrance right something like this comes up and and there's a free you know you get to test it for free and it's really cool and isn't this neat i mean we've all done that with different technologies and then it's only sort of after the fact that you start to think about what some of the consequences or implications might be of those technologies and how they're collecting data and what they're doing. And and then you you start to realize that there are problems or consequences. So I think technology can be very seductive, but um, we need to we know what we need to do and we need to do it. Professor Teresa Scassa, thank you very much for this. You're very welcome.